Welcome to the Monday version of the Daily Walk. I'm your host, Wayne Clevenger, and man, I hope you had a great day of worship yesterday. We had an awesome service. Got to see some people we hadn't seen in a while. The Lord was moving, and Holy Spirit was awesome. Did you hear that? Holy Spirit was awesome. We we always want to have the Holy Spirit there, but you know, the Holy Spirit only comes if you invite him. And People say, why do you drive so far to church? Because it takes us an hour to get where we go. And we do because the Holy Spirit is invited there often. And he's always there wrecking the service. And the Holy Spirit (laughs) wrecked our service yesterday. And we got to just bask in the moment. And I say that only to prelude today because today is... Jesus's time before he is betrayed with his disciples and he promises the gift of the Holy Spirit and what's really interesting is you know we always talk about the cross and how it's about forgiveness and it is but I you know I go back to the Old Testament again where you know we could take our sacrifices to the priest and have forgiveness but through the cross, we don't only have forgiveness, but we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because when Jesus ascends to the heavens, he leaves us with the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he lives within us if we have Jesus. And Jesus makes that clear today in today's reading. So today, we are in John 13 through 17. And it may sound like a lot of reading, but it's really not that bad. So let's get started. It's exciting stuff. Jesus really, really, really speaks deep to us in this. John 13 is the only place where it's recorded where Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And it's at the Last Supper. Now, there's more emphasis at the Last Supper about the foot washing than anything about the Last Supper. You get a hint that they're at the Last Supper, but he puts more emphasis on the servant part of Jesus washing their feet. And, you know, Jesus knows that the time's coming. He knows that the devil had already prompted Judas to betray him. He knows all this thing, but Jesus still gets up from the table, takes off his robe, and puts a towel around his waist pours water in a basin and washes his disciples feet washing them with the towel he had around him so even knowing what judas is about jesus washes his feet that's huge people because that's love poured out That says to me that no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, Jesus loves us anyway. And, of course, Peter 
has a moment where he's like, no, you, you don't have to wash my feet. And Jesus says this really, this really cool thing because it makes really perfect sense. A person who's bathed all over doesn't need to wash except for their feet to be entirely clean. So think about that. You're in the shower. You've washed all over. The only thing that is probably lacking is the bottom of your feet. Because what hits the floor first? Your feet. And the only way you can get your feet clean is to pick them up, right? And, you know, then if you get out of the clean tub, they hit the floor first. And your floor, I mean, no matter how clean your floor is, it's not sterile clean. So that just is amazing how he just puts that stuff in perspective. But Jesus says, and you disciples are clean, but not all of you, because he's hinting to the fact that Judas was going to be the betrayer. And so he tells them that they got to be servants. No one's greater than the teacher. I'm giving you this example to follow. And... What I'm doing, you're going to have to do for each other. Not necessarily in washing their feet, but you have to be servants to each other. And so then he predicts his betrayal. And he's telling them before this, he's telling them all about this because he wants them to know that when they see it happen, they'll understand that he truly is the Messiah. And in this part in John, he uses the I am again, and the I am is capitalized. I tell you this beforehand, so when it happens, you will believe that I am, capitalized, the Messiah. And so I think that's really cool how John puts those in there all the time. And so he tells them about the betrayal, and I just think that's interesting and this is the only part where you get, this is the only time my phone thinks I'm talking to it. The, the, uh, this is the only time we get the hint of that they're at the Last Supper because they're concerned, well, who's it going to be? And that's when Jesus says, it's the one I dip the bread in the bowl and give it to. And so... He gives it to Judas, and it's at that point John records that Satan entered Judas, and Jesus says to him, hurry and do what you're going to do. So Judas gets up and leaves, and the guys, the other disciples, they just think, you know, he's going to go take care of his duties as their treasure. They're really not understanding yet. So then Jesus hits him with this, and I love this because he's told them before you got to love one another, but he says in verse 34, 1334, and I use this often, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world 
that you're my disciples. And, and I see that, and here's what makes it a new commandment in my eyes. Jesus' love for them. Now remember, he just got up and washed their feet. He just got up and washed the feet of the one that's going to betray him. He wa- His love is unconditional. And so many times we love only if you're going to do it my way, only if you're going to do it the way we want you to do it, only if you're going to be what we want you to be. And with Jesus, his love is unconditional. And I think that's why that words, those words are in there. Love the way I love you. And that's why I think it's a new commandment because he loves different than most of us. So then we get into the new, into John 14, and he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Because, I mean, think about that. That's got to trouble them. Like, oh, man, I don't know if I can love like that. Because when we think about that, being unconditional, I mean, I know there's people right now that especially this time of year, you know, with the the events that are going to take place tomorrow, that they have a hard time loving because they they battle who's going to participate in that. And you're going to be evil worshipers and devil worshipers and, you know, and they don't see any kind of innocence in it no matter what because of what the word Halloween is. And, and so they fight it with hate instead of love. And Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And even though... He knew Judas had Satan in him. He even says it in the other Gospels, there's a devil in there. He washed his feet. And I'm, I mean, we get so wrapped up in it. So Jesus says right off the bat, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. So trust me. <laughs> Because then he says, there's more than enough room in my father's home. If that weren't so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? See, he's told him that he's going to go prepare a place for you. And in my father's house, there's many rooms. And he's not going to leave them as orphans. He's going to come back and get them because he is the way. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the father except through him. And he reiterates what he's said many times before. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. So just believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me. Or at least believe because of the work you've seen me. And here's what's really cool. In 14.12, he says, Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. Now, that's our clue. We're going to be able to, because we believe in Jesus, we're going to be able to do the same works he does and greater because he says so because he's going to be with the Father. So what's that got to do with it? Because when he goes to the Father, He's going to give us this power through this gift he's going to give us, which he's going to tell us about here in a second. But to get it, he says you have to 
obey him. And people get hung up on the word obey. So I look up the word obey. And it really signifies, means, follow. If we go back in the Greek far enough, it's to follow. So if you love me, follow my commandments. Follow what I've taught you. Follow what you've been learned. Because he's going to give us an advocate who will never leave, and that's the Holy Spirit. That's why when he goes to the Father, we're going to be able to do what he's done and more because he will live in us through the Holy Spirit. And what's really cool is you don't know the Holy Spirit right now because he lives with you now, but later will be in you. See, we don't recognize the Holy Spirit in us. They don't because they're looking at him. And that's Jesus saying, you can't have the spirit me because I'm the physical me standing before you. And if we, here's, here's a good way to process that, man. You know, we lost my mother-in-law tragically in 2000 and, and she was so awesome. And, you know, I just, there's so much story to that we won't get into, but what's really cool is she was a super great woman and, we were with her in the physical. I was with her in the physical on the moment, in the moment she died. But here's what's cool. The spirit of my mother-in-law lives on through what my wife is and does. Because I see that characteristic played out in her every day in the love and compassion that she has for others because that's the way her mom was. And I'm like, you know, I need to do better than that. So what Jesus is saying, you don't see the spirit me, the Holy Spirit, because I'm with you now, but there's going to come a time where I'm not going to be with you and the Holy Spirit. Now, see, I'm talking about a physical realm, and Jesus is the divine realm. So think about what it is to have a miracle worker, way maker, promise keeper living in you and then giving you the authority over all things and telling you that you're going to be able to do what he's done and more. And what has Jesus done? Well, you know, raised people from the dead, healed the lame, made blind people see. That's the promise he's given you through his Holy Spirit. And here's another thing he says. I'm leaving you with a gift. Woo, you mean there's more? Sure. Peace of mind and heart. And see, the world can't recognize it because they don't know him. See, for us to receive this peace that he only he can give, we have to know Jesus. Otherwise, we'll never see that. And if you look at people, you know, what's recently happened, I don't know if anybody ever saw Inked back in the day, but 
you know, I'm a connoisseur of ink. Uh, that's tattoos. People play that clear out of perspective. But Kat Von D was a big person on that show, and she's inked from head to toe. But she gave her life to Jesus, man, and she has a testimony. And I just saw a part of her testimony the other day, and what's interesting is she never found the peace. She would use ink to hide the pain sometimes. And now she's found Jesus, and she's getting a lot of the ink taken off. She's getting a lot of the ink covered. And I know this. You could tell she was seeking because they showed her one day with all of her ink covered with makeup, what she would look like with no tattoos. And she was a very pretty person. And, you know, I don't know what her tats were, but, I, you know, most of them that I saw were were decent. You know, they were tasteful. But I'm, I'm not saying I saw them all either. What I'm saying is the Lord came into her life. She found the peace that the world cannot give. And she was no longer troubled or afraid and now she has a testimony and it changed her life forever so she's changing her life and that's so cool to see because Jesus says don't be troubled or afraid the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give and that's so true and we see that all the time with people who come to know Jesus after they've searched high and low and they can't find that happiness they leave. So then Jesus talks about he's the true vine and the father is a gardener and he cuts off the branches that don't bear fruit or even produce anymore. And they go into the fire. And he makes this point clear. Apart from him, you can do nothing. See what's real when we get in a relationship with Jesus if we're not connected to the vine then we become connected to the world and when we're not connected to Jesus all that power that he gave us that he said he's given us earlier becomes null and void we can't do it on our own and that's what I had to get to in my life was taking a hard look at it and saying man I can't do this on my own. I need you, Jesus. Come into my life because I got to have you. And man, what a difference it is. And so now I get experience that peace that he talks about that the world can't offer. Even in times of turmoil because I know I'm not there alone. I know. Remember the storm, the stormy ship? I know that he's there with me and that he can calm it in any second if I just call on him. And then when we produce fruit, we are his true disciples. And he gets right back at it in John 15, 12, that his commandment is that we love each other in the same way he's loved us. He reiterates that. And then there's that real famous one. This verse was so big after 9-11 no greater love has any man that he would lay down his life for another friend. 
Because here's the truth. Jesus says this in John 15, 16. You didn't choose me. I chose you. <laughs> That's huge. Jesus chooses you. He wants you to be a part of his family. But are we choosing him? That's the thing. And man, we're going to get to a verse that makes so much sense in December that is just like, wow, he really does choose me because the Lord loves me that much. Yes, God loves us so much that he sent Jesus, not to condemn us, but to save us because he chooses us. Why do you say that? Well, he chooses us because he created us, because he wanted us to be in relationship with us. But it was us that said, no, we can do it on our own way back in Genesis. We pushed God out of our life. And he wants us to just come back into relationship. And he reiterates it again in 1517. This is my commandment. Love each other. So somewhere we got to figure out that's important. To love each other as Christ loved us unconditionally. Stop putting parameters on it. Start putting uh, legalism on it. Stop putting, well, only if you do it my way and just love each other. I understand you might do this, but I love you anyway. I understand you might think that it was this way, but I love you anyway. I understand that you might not want to talk to me anymore, but I love you anyway. I understand that you don't want to worship here because you think this, but it's okay. I love you anyway. Why? Because Jesus loved me first. Woo, that's good stuff in my mind. So then Jesus warns him, but when you love like that, know that you're going to be hated because the world doesn't get it. But here's the thing. I'm going to send you an advocate. Here he is promising the Holy Spirit again. And he will come to you from the Father. And he will be the Holy Spirit. And that's just so cool. And the whole chapter 16 is about the Holy Spirit coming to us. And he will be with us and he will guide us and he will tell us what to say and he will bring glory to everything we do because he leads us just like the father gives Jesus what to say everything that we need to know the Holy Spirit will give us what to say and it'll all come from what he hears Jesus telling us to say, and he will tell us so that everything is what we need to hear for that moment. And it's so cool. Jesus promises that we can have that Holy Spirit living in us, and our sadness will be turned to joy. And anything, this is what's really cool, anything you ask the Father directly, will be granted if you use his name and you will have abundant joy. 
So ask in the name of Jesus, we pray. And believe. Remember he said, and believe. And you can have it. Then Jesus tells him this. Because it's getting close. The passion of the Christ is coming. Jesus knows, you know, they're still having this talk. It's really cool that he, that John takes up like four chapters to, to have this dissertation after the great the the Last Supper. He says the time's coming where you will all scatter, each one going their own way, leaving me alone. But I know I won't be alone because I have the Father with me. He's putting that in. Jesus is saying that because. He wants us to know, remember, love just as I have loved you. You're never alone because you always have Christ with you. And he says, you know, so when you have those trials and they're going to come, take heart because I have overcome the world. Woohoo! So when you're having those circumstances where it just seems like seems like everything is going against you, remember the one that's in you has already overcome the world. You're going to overcome those circumstances because he said, I live in you and I give you the power and authorities that you will be able to do everything I have done and much more. And I've overcome the world, so you're going to overcome this too. And then in John 17, where we close out, Jesus prays for us. Yes, he's praying for his disciples, but he has this one part in there where he says, I'm not praying. I'm praying not only for these disciples, but all those who will ever believe in me through their message, that's you and me. And I'm praying that you will give them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. See, he wants us to be united, not divided. United, not divided. And that the only way we can do that is to love each other as he has loved us. That's when people will know we are his disciples. So, man, if you haven't received the gift of the Holy Spirit, man, that's, that's the peace that the world cannot know because you have Jesus living in you. I really highly suggest, man, Lord, come into me. Fill me with your spirit. Make me whole and make me full of you. Forgive me for my weaknesses and take away all the stuff that's been built up in me. And Lord, help me to remember in my circumstances that you've overcome the world and I can overcome this too. And help me to just have that infilling of your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that I can love like you want me to love. And I can be united, not divided. Wouldn't that be awesome? What a great way to start our week. Let's be united, not divided, because the love of Jesus lives in us. Can we do that? Have a great Monday. We'll see you tomorrow for John's version of the Passion as we close out John and we get to the next book. 
Have a great Monday. Word of God speak. Would you pour down like